It is the Mike Whitmacher Show on WMAY on a Friday, joined by Johnny Molson. And, uh, Johnny, I was hoping you would come in like you usually do on Fridays because I found this story on Monday, and I saved it just for you. Okay. So here we go. From across the pond, you know how we like goofy town names and everything else? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got a bunch of them over there. So imagine, if you will, you walk into your local grocery store, okay? They have a Valentine's Day setup of, of gifts you can buy for Valentine's Day, okay? And noticing there, this is a, this is a, the Tunstall branch in Stoke-on-Trent, right? Of, of this particular of this particular store, when Wayne Wainwright, sixty-one, from Birch's Head, said, "I do not think they should have them. They are not appropriate." Those things being some sex toys. They're there with the chocolates and everything else. And Wayne Wainwright said, hmm, "People should go to a sex shop if you want to buy them. Young children go in there." Want to know what the name of the the uh, the local yes. five and dime is? Yes, I do. That that is featuring sex toys with the rest of their Valentine's Day stuff. It's your local Poundland. <laughs> <laughs> How do you not yeah. have sex toys at Poundland? Um, in fact, I'd expect it. Yeah, Jane Stanaway and Sylvia Stanaway, sixty-seven and sixty-two of Chelheath. <laughs> We're also left reeling. Jane said, it's not really appropriate for Poundland to be selling this sort of stuff. It is not Ann Summers. <laughs> Sylvia added, they should keep it to the sex shops. Poundland is a family shop. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not at all. That's not possible. Margaret Jackson, 72. By the way, what kind of clientele Poundland so far? Everyone's over their 60s that are all upset about this. Margaret Jackson, 72, and of Norton said, It's disgusting. My husband and I just saw them. It is uh, it is best for that sort of stuff to be kept in sex shops or online. They should not be on a show. Does it specify? Because what I'm imagining, you know how when you're in the uh, the family planning aisle? Yes. And I look, the, the lubes are getting a little more... Out there, aren't they? They are a little bit, you know. There's, there's, there's like, yeah. And there's some devices in there. Yeah, they, they really have gone farther with that, being like, yeah, might as well. Yeah, yeah. one of these too. And it's, it's like it, it was kind of, it kind of creeped in. It was almost, it was almost like that Homer Simpson yeah. meme, like the right. sex, like the, the, they were by the condoms, and then just slowly they kind of came out, and yeah. the next thing you know, like, oh, we're gonna push the limits with this, and it's and nothing push the with this. Unless you're like looking right at it, you wouldn't know it was there. Correct. So it's not like you know a, a well, six foot long and it's and it's a big plastic, you know, right. you can, and it's orange. A call back to our friend Penny Poison. It's not. It's nothing like that. No. Uh, so these people are all upset. Now this is with the you know there's there's teddy bears there's there's the, there's the chocolates and then there's these sex toys okay. that are sitting there at Poundland. So it's just the toy aisle. Yeah, exactly. Where else are they going to put it? Exactly. Uh, now, a spokesperson for Poundland <laughs> said sex toys have always been sold in stores for years without previous complaint. They said, "quote We're a bit bemused there were any complaints. We've continuously sold a very popular range of these kinds of items for well over a decade now." What's more, they can also be found in other high street shops and supermarkets. At Poundland, they're always sold on higher shelves, and there's an age restriction in place at the till. On the higher shelf, which means you got to ask somebody to come over to, and bring a ladder. Hey, could you <laughs> hand me the... Uh, we have a price check on uh, yeah, the... The weenie warbler. <laughs> that's what they would call it over there. That's the, that's the... <laughs> can I get a price check on the weenie warbler here at Poundland? Here on Stoke-on-Trent. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want you want the brand name one or the Poundland version? 
The Poundland version is $5 cheaper, but it does the same thing. If you'd like the Adam and AE version, it's $35, but the Poundland version is a very economical $10. It still warbles your weenie the way the rest yeah. of them do. You'll get extra pound points on your pound card. Come on down to Poundland. Are you in the Pound Club? Because you can get extra points in the Pound Club with the Poundland version. <laughs> you get 500 pound points, and Lord knows what you get. Free for th- with the 500 pound points. When you get to 10 pound points, the 11th one is free. Uh, half off. Half off pants at Poundland with 500 points. So, yes, that's why that's why uh, I want to share that story with you, my friend, because every, every part of that story is fantastic to me. Stoke on Trent, Pound Land, Pound Points. Love it. Frequent Pound Shopper. You know, all the good stuff. <laughs> uh, pound Perks. We found Pound Perks. Ooh, it's, I get a little bit Twitter-pated with my Pound Perks show up in my inbox. It's Pound Perks Thursday at Pound Land. Everybody uh, want to make sure you know it's Pound Perks Thursday here at Pound Land. Make sure you turn in your Pound Points for an exciting array of products. And remember... Shop uh, with the number one pounding around. It's Poundland. That's right. Ten thirty-one right now. And poor Kevin Hart has to do some new, serious news. I don't know what we're yelling about. It is the Mike Wimacher Show on WMAY, a Friday edition. Having some fun before everybody freaks out. Ah! Oh, that's right. Snow's going to come. Yeah. Oh my God. We've never seen that before. Oh! Go get your bread and milk now, ladies and gentlemen. We, we we try to break stories here on the program. And this yes. one was brought to my attention last night by the crack research staff of Doc Noise Board and then sending me a text. Okay. <laughs> um, He's working diligently over yeah, time. Yes, exactly. My crack research staff for this show. I had no idea this was going on. And maybe you did. And then facilitate a conversation. Um, apparently, earlier this week, under the radar, underreported... After more than 70 years, the federal government has decided that French dressing no longer needs to be regulated. And this is sort of akin to you can't call it champagne unless it's from the champagne region of, of uh, France. Yeah, you know, the, the, yeah. there are there is a specific formula that, that says this is French dressing and nothing else can can count. Yeah, they, so this Italian is, dressing is just it's oil and vinegar and some spices and whatever the hell wow, you want. How the hell? I thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. At two one seven six two nine seven nine. We're going to talk. Let's talk salad dressing yes, here. Absolutely. The new Saturday show. Why are there 18 different styles of Italian dressing? Because yeah, it doesn't Kraft has like 14. Yeah. It's like house, zesty, yeah. regular. It's like balsamic. Yeah. <laughs> so regal. Look at you and your balsamic. <laughs> Copernicus over there, whatever. Punch you right in the balsamic. <laughs> don't shut up. Pardon me. Does your Italian dressing have balsamic in it? Shut up. It's Italian dressing. So, but the FDA yeah. says it has to be this or it's not French dressing. Yeah, because when the standard of identity was established in 1950, French dressing was one of three types of dressing we identified. The Food and Drug Administration said, by the way, only three types back yeah. in 1950. They, that was a tire, like a tire aisle at the grocery store. Yeah. Simpler uh, times. Yeah, simpler times. Yeah, there's also so many different freaking ranch dressings, too. Anyway, uh, that's according to the FDA. They said in the final rule posted in the Federal Register on Thursday, the other two were mayonnaise and just... <laughs> so you had French dressing. Originally, there was French dressing, mayonnaise, and, quote, just salad dressing. Right. And then there was everything else. 
French dressing is the only pourable dressing required to adhere to a standard that it require it contain oil, acidifying ingredients, and seasoning. Other foods, including bread, jam, and juices, have their own standards of identity. When it comes to French dressing, many consumers expected red or red-orange color and tomato or tomato-derived elements, none of which are required under the standards. Right. So they had a standard, and no one really, they kind of followed it, but it became kind of its own thing. And just a sidebar here, uh, I don't know if it's in the article that you have, but in 1926, the Association for (laughs) Dressings and Sauces was established. It still exists to this day as what? Some sort of a a lobbying council? What, What is that? Why do we have that? Who works for, what do you do? Well, I do PR for the Association for Dressing and Sauces. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I can I can read you their about us page in just a minute, but go on with this with this thing because yeah. it's important. Yeah, because they petitioned for the standards to be revoked in 1998, yeah. citing the explosion in varieties of salad dressings available, among them ranch, cheese, peppercorn, and Italian. Yeah, French dressing is no longer a baseline for other dressings; has become marginalized. Association <laughs> says, uh, "How dare the yeah. French dressing be marginal? It is not a lesser dressing. I, how dare you?" Uh, in December 2020, the FDA proposed revoking the standard for French dressing in the name of flexibility and innovation. Uh, French dressing standard of identity was not honest or fair either, according to FDA's final rule. There are a wide variety of French-style dressings in the market, and these will continue to be available based on consumer demand, the Industry Association wrote in a public comment on the revocation of the standards last spring. Today, the at USFDA revoked the standard of identity for hashtag French dressing because it is outdated. The Resnick Center for Food Law and Policy at UCL tweeted, the final rule, which will go into effect February 14th, oh, what a wonderful Valentine's Day, won't require makers to change their manufacturing practices the FDA says. So I will not be handcuffed. <laughs> exactly. I will not be tied down. I will not if be... I'm going to make French dressing, I will decide what goes in there. And I will not be shackled by a governmental organization. This is government reach at its <laughs> most outrageous. Semper Fi salad dressing. Semper Fi. I don't know what we're yelling about. You know someone was so peeved off. Be like, how dare French dressing be shackled by having to fit yeah. within the confines of what the government says French dressing is? And, you know, it was, <sighs> did anybody did get that charged up about French dressing? And would you know? No. I don't think anyone Would you knew. know if it wasn't quite right? If you, something was missing? And if it was, would you complain? Would you call the <laughs> FDA and say, dude... This says French dressing, and it's, it's not. It is not. I've read the bylaws and the handbook. I know this. I know wishbone French dressing. It's not French dressing. Um, By the way, what's the about section of the, uh, what was it? The This uh, is the Association for Dressings and Sauces, which you can find at dressings-sauces.org. <laughs> the Who associa- happens upon that? The Association for Dressings and Sauces, the ADS, <laughs> is here to serve in the best interest of industry members, its customers, and consumers uh, through a governing body of a 15-member board of directors and eight working committees, including the Executive Technical Board, the Quality Assurance and Technical Committees, the Consumer Awareness Steering Committee, the Packaging Committee, the Advisory Council, the Horseradish Information Council. Flat! What you on the horse radish information council? Uh, and 
They have pre- professional services with offices in. This, how, many, how many offices? Hang on. How many offices do you think? One. The one associ- is too many. <laughs> one is too many. If they got more than one office, they're wasting money. <laughs> the offices of the Association of Dressing and Sausages can uh, sauces. <laughs> sausages or sausages. Can be found in Atlanta, Beijing, Brussels, Chicago, New York, Denver, Kansas City, and Washington, D.C. Why do they need to be international? I, where where in Chicago can I find that office? And what what's there? What's there? All right. All right. How many people are – who answers the phone if we call them right say, now? Do we need to call them right now? What is, what, is it, what is it again? The Association for Dressings and Sauces, Chicago, Illinois. I'm just curious – who works there? And do they have like a Springfield lobbying office in case things get weird over at the you know the Capitol building on second? All right, let's see if we can find this. Uh, here's the Association for Dressing and Sauces Recipes. Uh, ADS. Okay, about. Uh, there's the there's the they have a Facebook page for crying out loud. They've got they've got a they've got a Pinterest page and a Why YouTube do they have page. a printer? <sighs> okay. This is ridiculous. Uh, oh, yeah. Here we go. They, never, they, uh, news and media. I've never been so mad that an association exists. Yes. I, I don't know why I've had this outrage <laughs> that is really making me mad. And I don't know why I can't just – where? how do I contact uh, – here's the Georgia one. Yeah. But where's the – what's the phone number for the Chicago one? I want to call now and see if they're celebrating too. that they finally were able to liberate French dressing from the shackles it had on it forever. Good morning, Association for Dressings and Sauces, Chicago Bureau. Can I help you? Yeah, I want to know uh, what's going on here. Why do you have 18 different offices? You I'm sorry, our 15-member governing board is not available right now. They're at the Association for Dressings and Sauces convention in Atlanta this week. But, my God, I don't know why I'm angry about this. I know. And why is it, considering fresh dressing, going back to the original launching off of this tirade. Yes, yes. Uh, why does it always seem to be one of the ones... That is there, like when you have a salad bar that only has two dressings. It's like French or ranch, right? Why, why, why French? Why was that kind of the chosen one? Have you ever thought you're getting French, but you end, <laughs> but you end up with Thousand Island? Oh yeah, yeah the, the, something that looks similar. And what's the, what's the deal with Russian dressing? Yeah, isn't Russian dressing similar to French dressing? I think it is, or, or is it or, not? Or is Thousand? I see. Now I'm getting confused. Thousand Island also has a little bit of an orange tinge to it, but it seems that it's creamier. Like someone, I don't know, I've never had Thousand Island dressing. Remember, I'm the individual who years ago put salt on lettuce because I was afraid of salad dressing. I moved past that, thankfully, to enjoy a good salad with a good dressing. But I don't know what the difference between Russian and French dressing is. Maybe maybe I could call the sauce people and they'll tell me. I mean, this is a very informative website. I mean, I'm, I'm mocking it here, but uh, salad dressings have a long and colorful history dating back to ancient times. The Babylonians what? used oil and vinegar for dressing nearly 2,000 years ago. Egyptians flavored a salad with oil, vinegar, and Asian spices. Mayonnaise is said to have made its debut at a French nobleman's table 200 years ago. Oh, so, okay. Here's so Russian the, dressing. So there is some... Russian dressing is thick but pourable consistency derived from a combination of vinegar, oil, and tomato with optional flavorings such as honey, steak sauce, or chili sauce for a heavy, sweet-tasting salad dressing. It's interesting. They have a list of all of the dressings over which they have purview. And you have to wonder is if you and I just invented a dressing right now. <laughs> we have to, we'd have to go to them. And, yeah, what, what would it take to get our dressing 
Uh, I want to do this now. Okay, I do too. By the way, they also have they 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 are obviously it's a salt mustard. They, yeah. they they cover all the different mustards: spicy brown style mustard, German style, Dusseldorf style, coarse ground mustard, yellow mustard, hot mustard, yeah. Dijon style mustard. When did the? Well, I wonder when the mustard association merged with the association for dressings and sauces. Yeah, when did mustard say, you know what, we're we're done. Yeah, we don't need it anymore. We're just going to go in. So you learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. Oh, hot sauce, picante sauce, and salsas underneath this too. Everything they yeah, they, they, what, they have a monopoly. Kind of, yeah. I think we've uncovered something here. Sure I feel oh, like by that. the way, here's the grand sauces they also cover of demi-glace, velouté, bechamel, and tomato, as well as hollandaise. They're a little high and mighty. No wonder they have 18 different offices around the world. <laughs> what do they do day-to-day? What is that, what is that like? <laughs> How many calls do they field in the, in the office yeah. on a day-to-day basis? It is the Mike Wimacher Show here on WMAY. <laughs> talking yes <laughs> it's mike and molson here on wmay and that charming little giggle you heard is <laughs> Haley atwell good morning Haley. <laughs> good morning i like that music that was, yeah that's great music if it, if it means you're going to be on our show i like that yeah, music too as a fan as a comic book nerd and a fan of british accents i'm in heaven right now <laughs> oh wow i've really scored that's yes. fantastic um, I, I have to ask you right away. So you you take the part as uh, Peggy Carter, Agent Carter, in mm-hmm. uh, Captain America: First Avenger. All right, you get done with yep. that movie. You probably think you may be done with the character. Next thing you know, you do a Marvel one shot. Then they come to you with a TV series. What do you think it is about the character that people connect with so much? They keep wanting to see more and more of it. I know it's extraordinary, isn't it? Well, we know that the First Avenger is the beginning kind of her story, and the second Captain America film, The Winter Soldier, is the bookend of the other side of her life. Right. This show is a way, really, to explore who she is and what happened in those in that time, because there's a lot of decades. Mm-hmm. A lot of things happened. And I think that, you know, it sums up in the first season, I think the reason why a lot of, that, a lot of people have, have warmed to Peggy is that she says, I know my value. Anyone else's opinion doesn't really matter. I think that's an amazing quality to have as a human being, to have total unconditional acceptance of who you are and what your self-worth is that's not dependent on the validation of people outside of you. I think that's something that a lot of people aspire to have. I admire it in other people that have it. And it's very relatable. So I love that, that attitude. That, for me, I think it's it. Yeah. 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 That, when I, when I t- talked to my wife, because we both watched the show, and, and she was very excited I was going to be able to interview as well, I, I kind of threw that question out, and she said, because uh, Agent Carter is a woman who can kick ass. And I think that's a big thing <laughs> out there that, you know, that, that is a very empowering character for women on television. Um, and it's mm-hmm. also something for her, Agent Carter herself, to have to deal with knowing in that first season that she is more capable than any other Jamokes in the office, but yet she still has to go get their coffee. How much does that weigh on that character? I think at the beginning, it just becomes an annoyance that she deals with a, with a bemused tolerance. Um, yeah. <laughs> she uses her wit, first and foremost, and then if that doesn't work, she uses her fist. And I think she's just kind of, she's biding her time until she can make changes in a way that was really going to help her. But she knows that whining and fussing and moping and moaning and complaining is not really going to get her very far. So I think she just sees, she's a very positive person and very smart in that she sees opportunities, even no matter how small they are, as they come up and, and, and uses them to her advantage. Um, and I think that's, a very, again, another very appealing quality about her and also why she is able to really kind of forget and brush off this 
complete ridiculous sexism that for her is just incredibly boring. And, and, but what a great attitude to have because and, – and, and it's, such a, it's such a good lesson for everybody is we're all dealt something in life that, that doesn't necessarily go our way. But you, just, you plow through it with, with the brains you got and, and, and the skills that you have. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, defy, I mean I believe that every single person on the planet, no matter how privileged or happy they seem on the outside, will have had to face some adversity in life and a crossroads in their life that they could really grow from or – shy away from and i think everyone has it in 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 some degree bigger or smaller um and i think that's why it becomes a universal thing and that's why people can relate to her well, and not only that adversity that she has in the workplace, but also kind of that crossroads of how to deal with a loss, a big loss of that with, yeah. uh, with the loss of Steve Rogers. What is tougher for her to deal with, do you think? Is, it, is that the, that blatant sexism that, that she has to face in the, in the workplace or that deep sense of um, loss she has? I think it's the loss. You know, that's a matter of the heart, which is something that follows her wherever she goes, like a huge boulder. And it's something that literally filters into every aspect of her life. So it's probably the most consuming issue that she has to deal with. And, it, and it's very scary because at times it manifests itself in real fear of intimacy with other people because she's scared of losing others, too. Mm. Um, so it's a very complica- complicated issue that, again, every human being on the planet can identify with or will have to at some point in their lives. It's part of the human experience. And I think she, she's able to, by the end of season one, channel that grief into her work, understanding that she can carry on Steve Rogers' work and his purpose, which she felt was ultimately a good one. And therefore, he didn't die in vain. And that, that seems to see her through. Talking with Haley Atwell, and the season premiere of Marvel's Agent Carter is tonight on ABC. And I don't know anyone as a little kid who didn't fantasize or play make-believe about being involved in some sort of superhero scenario. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. I want, was that I you? want to see she ra she ra was my go-to. <laughs> nice. <woman>. The princess <laughs> of power. Very 80s. Yeah. Well, there's still very time. 80s. There's still time. You, you well, can still, yeah, you can still I, do that. I mean, they're making a new He-Man movie. Why not another She-Ra movie with you as the lead? Can you imagine how confused people would be? Peggy Carter as She-Ra. <laughs> well, I mean, people are able people are able to take the Human Torch and, and allow him to be Captain America. So, I mean... <laughs> So, That's very true. <laughs> speaking of that, oh, funny. <laughs> speaking of that, yeah. I do have to ask you. Uh, my wife wanted to know what is it like to kiss Captain America. It's delicious. He has very soft lips, and he's a very sensitive kisser. Wow. He's lovely. What's great about Chris is he has that great, amazing combination of someone who is so strong and jock-like but also has a sense, real sensitivity, um, which means that he's kind of a double threat. So it, it, it's kind of hard for, uh, for Agent Carter to find someone who's going to live up to that standard, then, I would imagine. Absolutely, which is why for the whole first season, she, she couldn't go near anyone, really. Um, and I think that's probably what she looks for in other people. She's always going to compare them to Captain America. So it's got to be someone pretty yeah. special. Nice. That it does. Where are you right now? You sound like you're outside. I'm outside. I'm outside my gym, and I really don't want to go in because I hate exercising. Okay. That's I, it, where I am. It's, it's like four degrees here, and, and you're outside just basking in the sun, and it's, it's really making us all uncomfortable right now. It's pretty cold. <laughs> it's oh. pretty cold. It, it, I mean, it is London in January. Oh, okay. Not missing out too much. All right. Well, good. I was, I was worried that you were in, in sunny California or something. Uh, on the... Yeah. How? No, I, I wish. 
I, I with some of the outfits that you wear, it, they're not really conducive to fighting in battle. How physically demanding of a show is this for you? Well, um, I have a cheat, which is every time we do the scene and we are about to break off into a fight, I go and change outfits. Oh, okay. And I basically wear exactly the same outfit, but it's just got a little bit more space to move in it. Huh. So when I'm moving, you can't tell it's actually a different dress. And the same with the heels. The heels are like a centimeter shorter, which helps a little bit. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> and so how amazing she clearly must be. If she can do yeah. this all in high heels. So I mean, you, I can't walk in high heels. For the, for, I can't even walk down the street in high heels, let alone oh. stand up for myself. You're, you're singing uh, my song, sister. I know, I know the feeling. Right. <laughs> you, know, you know what it's like. Well, you're, about to, you're about to uh, go into the gym. What is, what is, your, what is an exercise regimen like for Agent Carter? Anything that makes you vomit and oh. want to give up. Oh, that sounds healthy. Yeah, that sounds very you. good for you. <laughs> Yeah, so it's <laughs> interval training. It's horrible, high-intensity interval. What's more exhausting, the workout or putting up with a radio tour like this and having to answer the same question all day long? Oh, you guys, are a, you're a pleasure. You're a pleasure. I'm an actress. I get to talk about myself. Are you kidding? What's not enough about that? No, that's very generous of you yeah, to lie. kind of yeah, you to say. I appreciate that. Uh, I do have to ask you, besides Agent Carter, I read today, and I don't know where I was. This news came out a few months ago, but you're going to be on Lip Sync Battle versus Clark Gregg? Oh. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I'm mortified. Okay, I was roped into it, and I, and I, I will tell you this. You, no one can say I wasn't committed because I did go for it. Good for okay. you. Okay. <laughs> That's one thing I say. I, I, yes, I, I don't know if we get it that. in this country. I don't want to see it. <laughs> had, oh, it'll be all over social media. How, how, many uh, yes, I'm sure. how many days of shooting is lip sync battle? Because on the show, it looks like you're just a day and you're ready to go. But it seems like there's much oh. more extensive. Oh, no, no. A few days before, they okay. call you and go, what song do you want to sing? And I tell them. And then, then the day of, you go there and like... A, 12, like midday, and they go, we made this costume for you, and this, co- this choreograph- choreographer came up with this. You wow. rehearse it once, not even in costume, oh. and then you have like an hour to sit there in an absolute ball of anxiety and existential crisis, wondering I, how I, you got yourself in this place in the first place. You know what? I would not and have known that from watching that show. I would no. have thought that that was a highly rehearsed, highly choreographed, uh, uh, long slog there, but you, you, just, you just knock it out. That's incredible. <laughs> You're pretty much shoved onto stage, and you have to just do it. It's terrifying. How about that? It's it's good though. Good for the it's good for the soul. Getting out of your comfort zone. Definitely. Haley Atwell, Agent Peg, Peggy Carter on ABC's Marvel's Agent Carter, which is premiering tonight. Absolute delight. Good to have you on. Thank you. All Thanks, right. guys. Have a great day. Go get Me your too. heart rate up or whatever the hell it is you do in there. Uh, I'm going to vomit now. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for being on. That's the way most women do after talking to us. They go and vomit now. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's Mike and Molson on WMAY. Great. Now my wife's going to listen to the podcast, and now she's going to leave me for the thought of a Captain America kiss. Who is apparently delicious. Delicious. Great word to use in that. Topic. Yes. More on the way with Mike and Molson here on News Talk 970 WMAY. If you ever miss an interview, you can always catch the podcast over at WMAY.com. This could be my favorite story of the day. Oh, I can't wait. Can't wait. So yes, on the uh, on the subject of how long will your history haunt you? 
and boy, any any kind of retweet or anything that you may have clicked like on or anything is uh, it's fair game. Uh, in Virginia, okay, guy by the name of Denver Riggleman. Denver Riggleman? Um, That's not real. That can't be his real name. He's got to be an alias. He's running for Congress. Okay, Denver Riggleman for yes. Congress in Virginia. Yes, and um, he's who been. Names a, that came, who names their kid Denver? Denver Riggleman. Um, you named him. You name a kid Denver to distract from Riggleman. I guess that's true. He's been accused of aligning with white supremacists oh, in the past, boy. and now has been exposed for his alleged devotion to nude drawings of mythical ape creatures. He back, has that, been, back, back, back that up. Back that up. He his Bigfoot erotica? Bigfoot erotica is his. Yeti erotica? Is his. The uh, old Sasquatch, as it were? <laughs> what in the world is going on with Denver Riggleman? Yes. Uh, the internet is such a bizarre place when you go into the depths of it. The woman who is uh, running against him... Leslie Cockburn. <laughs> whoa, 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 what? Says, what, 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 what? She, uh, no, I'm, I'm going to keep going. I'm not okay. going to stop and hover over that. <laughs> okay, continue. Um, said that uh, hit out for he was campaigning with neo Confederate. Uh, enjoys Bigfoot erotica, sharing an image of the cryptozoological favorite with a sensor bar covering what is presumably intended to be Bigfoot's. Penis, oh God! Uh, that she found on Riggleman's Instagram account. What? Are, what? My opponent, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, oh my God! Okay. So picture this coming from the podium. <sighs> Leslie Cock. Leslie Cockburn. Okay. Up at the podium, saying, okay. "My opponent, Denver Riggleman, uh, was caught on camera campaigning with a white supremacist. Now he has been exposed as a devotee of Bigfoot erotica. This is not what we need on Capitol Hill. No, I don't think it is. Uh, I'm Co- concerned about both. Cockburn, whose daughter is actress Olivia Wilde, shared... Whoa, what? All these crazy... Olivia Wilde's mom? <laughs> no wonder... Yeah, she could never have broken into the actual acting business no, with that not. name. Uh, shared another post from what she described as being from my opponent Denver Riggleman's Bigfoot erotica collection. The second post featured a picture of Riggleman's head on the body of Bigfoot. Oh, no, no, no. Which... He captioned, quote, My buddies thought this pick was fitting for my birthday next week and to celebrate my new book release in a month or so, Mating Habits of Bigfoot and Why Women Want Him. Wait, no, so so Riggleman wrote that, that book? That, that's what he said is, well, yeah, that's, I don't think there's a real book like oh, that. I think, I, he, was, okay, I think okay. he was just being a, a knucklehead. Oh, uh, okay, gotcha. Her comments immediately prompted online discussion with a number of people criticizing the Democrat for kink-shaming. While others pointed out that whoa, his whoa 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 <laughs> back that train up so now now yes. oh Leslie Leslie over Cockburn there, is kink it, shaming it, it, is, is what kink we're saying sh- is that a thing <laughs> kink shaming now are we are we really that much to where we're we like are. I, I'm I'm you know me I'm the to each his own guy right. and that's fine if 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 Riggleman wants to be into Bigfoot erotica that's his own place but don't be promoted online and I sh- sure as heck don't want him. Being up there using government computers to look up Bigfoot porn. We all have our things. I'm a hose guy. We, we all we do all our kinks. Quick kink shaming, I'm Brian. Sorry, I didn't. I wasn't kink shaming. <laughs> <laughs> you were alluding to it. 
Uh, uh, that's a new one. I have not heard kink shaming. So, yeah, so now she's been accused of kink shaming, uh, while others are saying, hey, the white supremacist stuff <laughs> is kind of important, too. Yeah, that is kind of the important part. Lost in all of this is the fact he's hanging out with white supremacists. One, uh, one person on Twitter said, Madame, I think it is too low to stoop for a woman of your stature to shame sh- someone on their taste in titillating literature. Oh, my God. I fail to understand how it would impact his ability to govern. The white supremacist thing, though, is a shame-worthy deal-breaker. Agreed. But I still think it's a little weird mm. to know that he goes home and it's the Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti stuff that really gets his trips his trigger. <laughs> what are you doing in the bathroom, honey? Nothing. 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 Why why is this copy of Harry and the Hendersons <laughs> continue to jump skip every nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. No problem whatsoever. Uh Another said they support uh, the Democrats. The fact that Ms. Cockburn made Mr. Riggleman's alleged Bigfoot erotica habits part of her campaign made them want to vomit. So isn't this an interesting uh, turn of events? Again, it shows that nobody can win. No. So even if you say, this guy's into Bigfoot erotica, there's going to be a contingent of people saying, how How dare dare you you stoop so low? Yes, you kink shamer. We all have our kinks. What are you you into in your bedroom, Mrs. Cockburn? (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah, see? See? King shaming again. I'm a hose guy. Um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Riggleman has uh, since written an op-ed where he condemns white supremacists, so they're not welcome in Virginia, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what about the Bigfoot stuff? Is he, it, he, he, he makes no He, he hasn't disavowed no Sasquatch at all? Yeah. And see, and now there's a part of me, and I got so much work to do today. But I just I, now I need to Google Bigfoot erotica to see if that's actually a thing, <laughs> a or, sub, if, or if he just invented it. It's a subreddit that he invented <laughs> <laughs> using his fake name of Aspen uh, Wiggleman instead of Denver Riggleman. Uh, no. You know what it just sounds like? <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about? <laughs> you want to talk about Bigfoot erotica? Uh. Yeah, no, I really don't. I don't want anything to do with Yeti, the Sasquatch, Bigfoot, any of that stuff. No, thank you. So, just when you thought uh, American politics oh, couldn't get more weird and if more there's absurd. Nothing, and if there's nothing more you take away from today's show, you've learned about kink shaming. Yeah. No. that's uh, That will be the thing. Yeah, that it will be. be the thing. Oh, we did that to, what, Rex Ryan back in the day, whatever, with his, with his feet infatuation. But Brian Pierce is coming up, and who knows what will come up on his show. I'm a hose guy. Were you a hose guy? You know, there are hose guys during non-hose guys. You know how much hose I've got?